and in fact was partner with Glover in several cattle deals. The black-eyed Rosetta, his daughter, had been born on the American side of the river and had shared advantages of school and contact, seldom the lot of senoritas. Vaughn ruminated over these few facts as excuse for his infatuation. For a Texas ranger to fall in love with an ordinary greaser girl was unthinkable. Certainly it had happened, but it was something not to think about. Rosetta, however, was extraordinary. She was pretty and slight of stature, so slight that Vaughn felt ludicrous, despite his bliss, while dancing with her. If he had stretched out his long arm and she had walked under it, he would have had to lower his hand to touch her glossy black head. She was roguish and coquettish, yet had the pride of her Spanish forebears. Lastly, she was young, rich, the belle of Las Animas, and the despair of cowboy and vaquero alike. When Vaughn had descended to the depths and end of his brooding, he discovered, as he had before, that there were but slight grounds for hopes which had grown serious. The sweetness of a haunting dream was all that could be his. Only this time it hurt more. He should not have let himself in for such a catastrophe. But as he groaned in spirit and bewailed his state, he could not help recalling Rosetta's smiles, her favors of dances when scores of admirers were thronging after her, the way she would single them out on occasions. Un señor grande? she had called him, and likewise, handsome gringo, and once with mystery and havoc in her slow black eyes, you Texas ranger, you bloody gunman, killer of Mexicans. Flirt Rosetta was, of course, and doubly dangerous by reason of her mixed blood, her Spanish lineage, and her American development. Uvalde had been quoted as saying that he would never let his daughter marry across the Rio Grande. Some rich rancher's son would have her hand bestowed upon him. Maybe young Glover would be the lucky one. It was madness of Vaughn to even dream of winning her. Yet there still abided that much boy in him. Sound of wheels and hoofs interrupted the ranger's reverie. He listened. A buggy had stopped out in front. Vaughn got up and looked round the corner of the house. Significant was it that he instinctively stepped out sideways, his right hand low where the heavy gun sheath hung. A ranger never presented his full front to bullets. It was a trick of old hands in the service. Someone was helping a man out of the buggy. Presently, Vaughn recognized Colville, a ranger comrade, who came in assisted, limping, and with his arm in a sling. How are you, Bill? asked Vaughn solicitously as he helped the driver lead Colville into the large whitewashed room. All right. Fine, in fact. Only uh, a little lightheaded, panted the other. Lost a sight of blood. You look it. Reckon you'd have done better to stay at the hospital. My deal, there ain't half enough rangers to go round, replied Colville. Cap Allerton is hurt bad, but he'll recover. And he thought so long as I could wag, I had better come back to headquarters. Uh-huh. What's up, Bill? 
rejoined the ranger quietly. He really did not need to ask. Sure, I don't know. Something to do with Canella, replied Colville. Help me out of my coat. It's hot and dusty. Fetch me a cold drink. Bill, you should have stayed in town if it's ice you want, said Vaughn as he filled a dipper from the water bucket that stood in a corner of the room. Haven't I run this shebang many a time? Medill, you're slated for a run across the Rio. If I don't miss my guess, something's on foot sure as shooting. You say, alone? How else, unless the rest of our outfit rides in from the Brazos? Anyway, don't they call you the Lone Star Ranger? <laughs> sure you don't have a hunch what's up? inquired Vaughn. Honest, I don't. Allerton had to wait for more information.